This is Chelsea Clinton, and you're listening to Five Questions with Dan Chabelle. You're listening to the Five Questions podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Chabelle. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is author and global health advocate, Chelsea Clinton. Chelsea is the vice chair of the Clinton Foundation and the author of She Persisted in Science. We talk about the book, defining moments in her life and time management during this podcast episode. Chelsea, welcome to Five Questions. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. What defining moments and experiences in your childhood made you the person you are today? One, when my grandparents moved from Chicago to Little Rock in 1987, my mom's parents, and I really developed a lifelong closeness to my maternal grandmother. I got to know her as a kid, as a teenager, as an adult. She thankfully approved of my husband. My grandparents moving to Arkansas in 1987 had a huge impact on me, that relationship with my grandmother and helping me think about what was really important to me and her very much being my North Star. Like I still think today at 42, like what would my grandmother say about something? What would she think the right answer would be? That's one. Another moment, November 1990. I was in my father's campaign headquarters. He had announced the month before he was running for president. I was stuffing envelopes because like when you're a kid and your parents running for president, there's not a lot you can do. The nightly news was on and Magic Johnson was talking about being HIV positive and that he was going to keep playing basketball. And I was just not just struck him, but like really overwhelmed by his courage, his refusal to be stigmatized or shamed. That got me really interested in both HIV and AIDS and in shame and how destructive shame is in well, everything, but especially in patient and personal health and in public health. Looking back, I think that that moment really set me on a path to commit myself to public health and to trying to always help there be good information and not bad information around kind of health and public health. And probably very much was the origin for then kind of what I studied and how I've chosen to spend so much of, of my time throughout my life. I love that. And especially, you know, he's done so much in business too. So I think across the board, you have someone who's who's made it and has displayed courage in and off the court from a public health standpoint as well. And think of how many people he's inspired just like you. You have many different roles and are doing so many different projects like this book. How do you divide your time between being a parent, a wife, sitting on boards, podcasting, being a global health advocate and writing books? And how do they all complement one another? Scheduling. A really robust schedule is what helps me do everything that I feel called to do. So it's the schedule of both when to be where, but also to have the time so that I am bringing kind of the best of myself and hopefully doing the best that I I can and the best that I can be kind of in every facet of my life. I'm very meticulous with my calendar because I always hear people say, oh, if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist, or I live and die by my calendar. So I always say to them, well, you should make your calendar reflect your personal life, not just your professional life. Like my husband and I plan our date nights, right? And again, some people are like, oh, that's like not spontaneous. And I'm like, well, if I have to do something at 6.30 the next morning, I know I need to get a good night's sleep the night before. I'm not going to be able to think like, yes, like we should go have a drink or go for a walk or even just like walk our dog together at like 11 o'clock at night. It is all very planned. And for me, that does reflect what I value. I do believe everything complements each other. Even with the recent book, She Persisted in Science, it is really important to me to be able to kind of continue 
continue to think about how to communicate effectively and well things that I really care about to different audiences, including maybe even especially kids. And then the questions kids ask me often then illuminate like, oh, I don't know if adults really understand that well. Like maybe that's a good idea for a future podcast or a future op-ed or actually like what a kid said is a really good vignette that I want to keep in my brain to continue to ruminate over and figure out how I can give credit to that kid and really elevate that kid's voice because that's really powerful. Now a word from our sponsor. Having trouble hiring, retaining, and developing your workforce? iSolved is here to help. iSolved People Cloud is a comprehensive human capital management solution that helps you employ, enable, and empower your workforce throughout the entire employment lifecycle. From attracting and recruiting, to onboarding and compliance, from payroll and benefits to time and labor management, and from talent management to predictive people analytics. Transform your employee experience for a better today and a better tomorrow with iSolved. For more information, go to iSolvedHCM.com. Speaking about your book, women made up 40% of the nation's scientists in 2019 based on a Pew Research report, only up 1% since 2016. What's holding women back from pursuing STEM-focused careers, like being a scientist, and what can we do to encourage them? You talk about the relatively small gains that we've made from 2016 to 2020, but in some areas, we've, we've really lost ground. And one example that I give a lot, in the mid-1980s, women were just under 40% of computer science students, about 37%. When I went to Stanford, women were just under a quarter. And in 2019, women were less than 20% of computer science students. So even though the denominator grew, like the number of places for computer science grew across community colleges, colleges, universities, the number of women just continued to shrink dramatically. I think that we can attribute that to a few things. You know, if you look at the kindergartners, and I have a kid in kindergarten, the ambitions that kids have are, are pretty much equal across gender. But by the time you get to like late elementary school, the answers to those questions change dramatically. You also start to see in late elementary and early middle school teachers calling on girls less in math and science classes. When we talk about like the pipeline challenges in the STEM fields for girls, often we focus on the high school level. And that is really important. It is really important that we have more women STEM teachers in the high school level. But I think that's too late. I think the intervention point has to be in elementary school. Well, that was really well said. And I spent a lot of time studying workplace trends. That's one of the things that is come up recently is gender pay dis disparity. And some of that comes with women not being in STEM where the pay typically is more. And in the workplace, it comes from women not being able to make it to middle management roles. And that's where they like get cut off. And so I think that these, this is all kind of connected. And, and I think that it is a cultural change. That's what you're describing. And as a mom, how have you encouraged your daughter to pursue a career where she's making a difference? So we talk a lot in our family that we have to tackle the small things. So then we're ready to tackle the big things. We have to practice being brave in the small instances. So then we're ready to be brave in the big instances. And so you know, my kids are still quite young. They're two and a half, five and a half and seven. And so you know, right now, Dan, I say to them, at least a few times a week, we just have a kind of family conversation around how, you know, there are a lot of important values in our family that we think the most important kind of for our kids are to be brave and kind. You are brave and kind to yourself, to your friends, to the world around us, you will be good people. And so we have to practice though, being brave and being kind. We also talk about how like many problems in life are just like 
bigger problems that have little problems nested within them. And so kind of what can they do to try to help solve the big problems they care about? Yeah, small steps before big leaps. And some of the advice that you're giving your kid, you can give an adult the same advice. <laughs> right? Because people kind of get ahead of themselves. They get intimidated by these lofty goals that they have. And what's your best piece of career advice? My mom always told me that it was important to take serious criticism from serious people seriously. And it was important to take unserious criticism from unserious people unseriously. And I think that was really good advice because admittedly, I grew up where there were all sorts of people saying all sorts of things about my parents, my family, me, even when I was a kid, I mean, like, why are these people commenting on how like an 11 year old looks like that's really weird. Or why are these people telling me like what I I should study or what I should be when I grow up like that's strange. Or why are these people just like yelling terrible things at me? Like I'm seven, like what is happening So my mother? I believe now, especially being a mom was trying to help me understand that. Yeah, it's important to have thick, tough skin and important to be resilient and even resistant to the sometimes like hateful and sometimes mean spiritedness or sometimes, you know, the criticism that comes from other people's insecurities, or even if not from a place of, of cruelty or insecurity, just like someone else's vision of your life that doesn't cohere with your own, but to not become calcified in a way that we're not able to take constructive criticism. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Chelsea. To follow her journey, you can read She Persisted in Science and find her on Facebook and Twitter where she shares her appearances, travels, news, and commentary. And to watch the full extended video version of this episode, go to youtube.com slash And please remember to rate and review the Five Questions podcast on iTunes. Mm-hmm.